Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guests who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Y'all, I'm so excited to have Kristen Berry with us here today. Um, She was one of my first introductions to educating myself in the adoption world with her book, Born Broken. And I just feel honored that you're here with us. And her and her husband run Honestly Adoption, and it's a great support community. And they have trainings and resources and all of these wonderful things that you definitely need to check out. But today she is here just as a mama who is adopted, who's been through this journey. And I'm excited to have her here with us. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for asking me. You're so welcome. I would love, I mean, I want to hear all of your wisdom, but I realize we don't have eight hours. And so um, I I would love just to know, kind of, first, can you kind of give an overview of your story and just your adoption journey? Yeah. Um, let's see. Mike and I have been married. Well, I shouldn't have started with that. I don't know. Math is not my strong suit. Uh, 20, I think 24 years this year. And um, we have now nine children. Um, we started out as an adoptive family 21 years ago when we adopted our daughter privately. I come from an adoptive family, so that was just pretty natural move for me. Um once we adopted our daughter, we had a friend who needed some help and we became foster parents. And anybody who's ever been a foster parent knows that in your mind, you think, oh, I'll just do this to get it on paper and like help someone out for the weekend for a month. Um, and so here we are, you know, 20 years later and um, nine children later, um, we've had 20 uh well, now we added to that number, 24 children, I think, come through our home through the foster care system. Um, and I actually wrote about that in my book, um, Keep the Doors Open, which I'm really bad about advertising for myself, but there you have, <laughs> keep the doors open. Me too. Right. We write about that in my book, um, Keep the Doors Open. And Let's see, we ended up with a little guy um, who is a biological sibling of our other kids after we had closed out our license and all the good stuff and potty trained everyone. And um, so we just adopted our three-year-old back in February and we are closing out our license again. Okay. I didn't realize that adoption was so recent. Yeah. Wow. You guys are amazing. That's amazing. Thanks. It's just a little crazy, which is why I think we're talking. So... (laughs) precisely why we're talking. Um, Okay. So I know that you guys are really great about teaching about attachment and um, like de-escalation skills and all of those lovely things. And so I'd kind of love to just talk about that today with the caveat slash question that all of these things don't work all of the time as beautifully as we say they will work. Yeah. I know that a lot of well, of things I learned about attachment and de-escalation and all these things with our buddies with fetal alcohol spectrum disorders that, oh my goodness, while I would like to say they magically all work all the time, sometimes they're really great parenting skills and they're really great at like keeping me calm and in a great space, but that doesn't necessarily always translate to my kids and it doesn't work as perfectly as I would love for it to work. And so 
I just want to put that caveat out there that if you're doing these things and you feel frustrated, that that doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong or bad or that you're not the right mama for this, this baby, but it's just not working and that's okay. So all that to say, yeah, go for it. Well, I I think that this is a really important conversation um, in the context of what you do, because you are all about helping families organize and schedule and make the most use of their time and advocate for their children. And so I think that when you're talking about managing your family, managing your life and the intersection of childhood trauma, um, those are the pieces we need organizing. I know that 20 years ago, um, my good friend and I went on this journey together, kind of accidentally. We ended up with lots of kids and lots of years in and out of the foster care system. And we were joking about the fact that we used to make um, like homemade finger paint. Um, you know, why? I don't know. Um, every single food was made from scratch and our kids were never going to eat sugar. Um, So that was 20 years ago, and today uh, we've adjusted our expectations. And so when we're talking about that emotional regulation, de-escalating, being a a soft place for our kids to heal from, you know, in in our case, childhood trauma, um, it's a lot about adjusting your expectation. So, you know, when you say everything doesn't work all the time, that's exactly right. Uh, you may wake up in the morning and think, I've got all these ways that I am going to advocate for my child, that I am going to create an environment for my child to heal and to grow and to learn and to become the best human that they can be. Um, and then life happens. Um, you know, the septic tank backs up and a child wakes up in a grouchy mood because they didn't have a good night's sleep. I wake up in a grouchy mood because I never have a good night's sleep. Um, and so things don't go the way that you thought. And so I think that step number one in helping our children stay emotionally regulated is adjusting our expectation. The big thing that might happen today um, is that we're just present, that we're waiting for a kid who's uh, super triggered to kind of come down on their own. Some Sometimes the really very often the the biggest thing that we need to do in helping our kids re-regulate is give time and space. So what we thought might have happened, um, and I'll just give an example. I am currently for the rest of the year homeschooling my 14-year-old. In my mind, because I'm an organizer and a planner, I'm thinking of like, ah, I know what we're going to do. We're going to go to this class that I saw, and then we're going to read this book together, and then we're going to go listen to the author because I heard that they're coming to a local college at the end of April. I've got amazing plans. And then my 14-year-old gets up and is like, that's dumb. Not doing that. (laughs) You're stupid. You know, and I'm like, whoa, my plans. It was going to be beautiful. But I realized that um, beneath the surface is puberty childhood trauma, everything else that's happened this year. Um, In this particular child's circumstance, there's a learning disability. And so there's all of these things that are are adding up into that. So adjusting my expectation then uh, looks like re-envisioning what we were going to accomplish yesterday. We were going to go to this seminar um, called Um, why is history, why is learning history 
difficult to hear or something like that. And we were going to go and listen to these speakers in person, adjusting my expectation and helping him stay emotionally regulated or get him emotionally regulated because that's not where we woke up yesterday. Uh, was about logging in online and finding out that they actually had the same seminar over Zoom. So it meant me saying something like, hey, I'm not going to have you call me names. That makes me upset. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to finish some work and you, you know, let me know when you're ready to talk about what we're going to do the rest of the day. Adjusting my expectation meant that we didn't get the amazing new math program that I thought was going to just like get this kid through the rest of seventh grade math. Um, we didn't get, you know, so adjusting that expectation, I had all of these amazing plans. Here's what we accomplished yesterday. He got emotionally regulated somewhere around five. Um, he rescued a squirrel that our cats were trying to chase he had a really good conversation with me about where his emotions were this morning when he blew up. Um, he came into the house where I had set the computer up with the Zoom meeting on in this lecture series that I was kind of interested in. He helped me take apart the sink in our back bathroom because it was awful and it was ready to come out. And so while we're removing the sink, he's listening in the background at this Zoom lecture series. And he's engaging with the speakers. He's using his critical thinking skills. He's asking me questions. He's giving his opinion on what they're saying. I, I use that example because the adjusting my expectation had to do with a disability. It had to do with puberty. It had to do with all the circumstances leading up to yesterday. It had to do with a crummy night's sleep. Um, it had to do with the fact that in our situation, all nine of our kids were adopted. So that's a layer that plays into literally everything we do. 14 is kind of an age where you're realizing you have control over yourself. Um, you make your own decisions about drugs, alcohol, um, personal relationships, girlfriends, boyfriends, all of that. 14 is kind of a tough age when it comes to adoption because you're beginning to realize what the foster care system really meant, what adoption really meant, what your identity might or might not be. So we have all these layers there and adjusting my expectation meant, um, you know, having some flexibility to look at my day and say, how could we maybe do things differently so that I leave the door open, not only for my child to get emotionally regulated, but also maybe for my kid to learn something, whatever that is, how to save a baby squirrel from two cats, um, how to listen in and critically think about all these different speakers on this lecture series, how to apologize to mom because he was super rude. <laughs> so there, there was a lot that happened there. And I think with emotional regulation, a lot of times we've got to look at what our picture is um, of, of whatever the circumstance, um, our home, our relationship with our children. And we have to shift and adjust and understand where our kids are coming from. That was beautiful. And a beautiful example to like tie it all. <laughs> it didn't feel beautiful yesterday. It felt really, really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> I, what I appreciate about it is that at the end of the day, you were able to clearly list out the things. Cause I feel like it takes me a while to get there. Like more than a day. Oh, yeah. Completely turned upside down. Yeah. Don't worry because sometimes it does, you know, you're, you're, days, weeks, months, even years out from a certain situation. And all of a sudden, especially, you know, when we're raising kids who are 
also experiencing disabilities, childhood trauma, all of a sudden there will be years later, uh, I have a daughter who's 22. um, I'll look back at her preschool experience and I'm like, I totally did that wrong. I totally misunderstood what was happening there. So I think maybe that's step number two, have a little bit of grace for yourself. Yeah. That's beautiful. Do you have a way that you kind of come back around to that at the end of the day, like some sort of system or habit or something where you kind of check in with yourself at night or are you just that blessed to then flip all of those things to like, Oh, look what we did. (laughs) I mean, I've been a parent for more than two decades. Um, So I, I think that it's a practice and it's a choice. Um, I think that, you know, could you, might you possibly go to bed at night feeling incredibly defeated about your role as a parent? Um, yes, <laughs> that was Saturday for me. I, I literally did not sleep the whole night just laying there ticking off the things that I have not done right. However, um, I think that there's a practice to it. Okay, that didn't go the way I saw it. I really messed up when I said that or did that or misunderstood that. All of that can be true. And then the practice is um, reconciliation with your child and then also with yourself. Sometimes you have to stop yourself and say, you know, maybe we don't get to the end of the day and say, wow, like that wrapped up in a beautiful bow, which honestly it did yesterday. I went to bed like, well, I'm basically amazing and found the good in that <laughs> you know, Saturday. Good. I did not feel amazing. Um, but there, there's a practice to, to both things. Um, one is that you want to say to yourself the thing that you would want to say to your child or to your best friend. Um, and maybe we start there. You want to say to your child the thing you would say to your best friend. And then you want to say to yourself the thing that you would say to your child and your best friend. So um my kid was really a stinker. I mean, I can't, if he ever listens to this, I don't want him to be embarrassed. He was just being 14. Um, but he was a real stinker yesterday. And so there comes a point where you need to have some space. You have a moment. I was working on something else. Then the practice is to take that minute, let your ears heal, let your brain rest, And then go back to your child, making sure that the last thing you say, no matter what the circumstances are, is, um, I love you. Today was rough, but I believe in you. You're so smart. I'm really proud of the way you understood that lecture series, you know, or helped me with the sink or saved that baby squirrel. Um, You can find something. And there really is always something. So it's the practice of going back and saying, today was really rough. I I might still really feel hurt or angry. Um, You might still have a consequence at the end of this day. But I want to let you know that I'm really proud of the way you turned things around and got in bed on time. I'm really proud of the way you remember to feed the dog on your own. You can always find something. Um, Always close out with that. That is a practice. and, And the reason that I say it that way is because that doesn't come naturally. Human emotions, um, I don't know, they're they're real. You feel them in the core of everything that you are. And, and this practice is not to deny those feelings. That is to find um, something good in the circumstances. Let your kid know. 
Um, in the same way, you would sit down with your friend and you'd say, you are not a failure. Today was a really crummy day. And I know it really hurt when your teenager said something horrible. Um, I know it really felt bad when you went into that doctor's office and the doctor was condescending, you know, whatever. Um, but what would you say to your friend? Yeah, I know today really stunk, but you're trying so hard and I can see it. You know what I noticed about you? Last week when I was losing my cool, you swung by the house and got my kids too. You bought McDonald's for so many kids. I'm going to owe you you know, college tuition for your last born. Um, <laughs> what would you say to your friend? Then the last part of that is say it to yourself. You may be climbing in bed and saying, I should not have yelled at my child. I should have organized that better. I should have anticipated this differently. Um, I, I should have had a totally different plan. But I'm doing my best. And I know I did a really good job. I know I did a good job when I just walked away. I know I did a good job when I adjusted my expectations. I know I did a good job when I went into my child's room and told them, I love you, period. Um, yeah, so. Hey, let's take a quick break. Mama, I know that you are doing a great job. But maybe there's something you've been neglecting, like yourself or your marriage the rest of your family or the systems in your home, or maybe you're just ready for a change, but you don't know where to start. That's where we come in. Mama Systems can help you put systems in place so that your family is more organized, more peaceful, and more balanced. And so that you feel like you can get everything done that you need to get done during the day. We'll help make sure that you have a plan to advocate for your child in school and in the community, that you take care of yourself, your marriage, and the rest of your family, and that you have systems in place to help build teamwork mentality in your home and make daily life more manageable. All of this is doable and you deserve it, Mama. Check out mamasystems.net today. All right, back to our show. I'm like, we just need to grab that little audio snippet and just play it over and over again for people. <laughs> right. But I think that it's so easy to learn all the skills and have all this knowledge. And then once you're in the situation and emotions go like, yeah, there's certain things that I'm like, like my kids peeing on the walls. I'm like, Oh, right. That escalates me like no other. And yes, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's like, I've never felt this feeling before in my whole entire life. And nobody warned me about that. And no, but somebody really should have, because there's all kinds of, you can Google how to get the urine out of the, uh, out of the register. And you and I, and so many people have Googled this before. We are not alone. (laughs) So it'd be good if we were to talk about like, hey, these skills are amazing, but then you're a human and these feelings happen too. So I love the back end of that, of just circling back, not only with your kid and restoring that relationship and informing them. Like, I think that's another important piece of the informing them, hey, that really upset me or hurt my feelings. I don't feel like we're always encouraged to, to do that. It's more like be cautious and you know, correct. But I don't, I don't know. There's, there's yeah. so much of that that I feel like you can speak both the truth of how you're feeling and the truth of how they need to show up differently next time, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So just kind of circling back with your day with your kid and with yourself and speaking kindly to yourself. Yeah. How beautiful. Uh, yeah. I think that is, you know, when you're talking about, um, just organizing, organizing your life. I I think that we take for granted that some of those emotional things need to be organized as well. 
you need a few minutes to yourself as a parent. Um, you need somebody that you can talk to, a trusted friend, a spouse, a parent, um, a therapist. You need you know, those things in your life um, that are intentional because what well, we're humans interacting with other humans, I, I think there's also some expectation that if I do everything the right way, that there is a right way, um, that if I do everything the right way, then everything will turn out right. Um, and for context, Mike and I were in uh, ministry for over 20 years. Both of us were pastors. Um, and within that context, there is very much this cultural idea that if we train a child in the way they should go and when they're old, they will not part from it. Um, that literally does not mean if I... <laughs> A, B, C, then X, Y, Z. Um, it's been a lot of breaking away from that cultural conditioning for, for both Mike and I, um, because the school calls and you're like, oh, my kid did what? And I mean, fill in every creative thing you can think of. And one of my kids has done it at school, at, you know, sports out in the neighborhood, whatever. I really thought if I just teach ABC, then XYZ, they'll go to school and they'll like always be friendly and keep their hands and feet to themselves and never yell at the teacher and always turn their homework in. We can still be raising really good people and they're still people. So both of those things are true. Our kids are humans too. And so, you know, those humans interacting with other humans. Some days I'm really going to be on it. I'm going to be an amazing patient mom. That's true. Some days I'm like, for the love of all that's holy, stop talking. No, stop talking. Don't talk to me today. I mean, both are true because sometimes I'm having a good day or a bad day. Sometimes I'm dealing with, you know, my own emotional regulation and I don't do a great job. We're people. I love you so much. <laughs> I mean, could we preach about that forever? Right. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think that those voices, like literal voices, not ones that we're telling ourselves, but those people around us that are just do this and then this, like, I think that's one of the most toxic things that, especially I mean, as a mother in general, but especially as an adoptive mom can feel so isolating and condemning and shameful. And because you're never going to get your X, Y, Z, like, it's just not not never. Well, but kind of never. <laughs> and and maybe the way that it's packaged up. wasn't the thing you were going for, you know, and maybe that's not who your child is. And I think yeah. moving some of that pressure then becomes, I don't, you can breathe a sigh of relief because you are playing a role in who your child becomes. You have a role to play a teacher, a neighbor, your child's best friend, the doctor, all of these people will play a role in, in who they become, but none of us decide who they become. They are becoming who they're meant to become. And I think that that expectation, um, I mean, I don't even know what to use in a, as an example that doesn't like throw my kids under the bus. I don't know who your listeners are. Um, there are just certain things I thought they were going to do as adults. Um, and I have five adult children. So 
there are certain things that I thought that didn't pan out, that they didn't become my XYZ. Um, they became their own unique individuals. And once I removed myself from this, like I have any control over who a 36-year-old becomes or who a 31, right? Nobody has control over me. I don't know why I think, I don't know, their house should be a certain way. Their kids should be a certain, what an incredible amount of pressure to put on yourself for something that you literally have no control over. Once you remove that, you begin to take on your role in this um, and you can really do that more wholeheartedly. I would say I advocate better for my children now that I'm stepping away and I'm not in control of who they become. I am in control of, you know, calling an emergency IEP meeting if their accommodations aren't being met. That can be my role. Um, you know, which subject my kids like best? Literally not up to me. I love that. Yeah, because you can enjoy them so much more when you've kind of disconnected yourself from that control piece of things for sure into the reality of that for sure let me ask you one question I mean maybe more but really just one I'm curious like hearing you talk about the neighbors and the people and like all the people in your life I know that as an adoptive mom like not only with the hey do this this and this and this will happen but also with just the people like friends and family not understanding children's behaviors and choices that we make in trying to choose the best for our child. How do you kind of put a boundary around those things where it's either separating yourself altogether from their voices or just kind of accepting like, Hey, they don't really know what they're talking about. Mm, That's a whole other podcast probably, but um, you know, how do you do that? You have to decide, you know, what your boundaries are as a family and stick to them. So, um, you know, for one, we've, we've got kind of the, you're on a need to know basis and most people don't need to know. So my child's private story is my child's private story. So that might mean that, um, they can go next door and play with the neighbor's kids under my supervision, you know, and, and maybe that works out great because I'm out in the yard and I'm weeding the garden and I can hear what's happening and all of that is fine. Um, maybe the other family insists on not supervising and the other family is like, oh, it'll just be fine if they go inside. Oh, I'm not watching them. Oh, the kids will be kids. And I'm thinking, wow, there's layers and layers and layers and layers of trauma here that you're not understanding. And I know that if something happens here, if my child says something or acts out a trauma, um, you are going to be the last person to be supportive of that. Um, you know, so how do you find the balance there? Um, I think you just set down your rules and you have to decide how you're going to do that and practice that outside of the situation. So that would be something like, oh, I'm sorry, we're not going to do that in our family. We always stay within the sight of an adult. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, well, I can understand that your family's different. That's our decision. So practice it, practice it, practice it so that when you say it to the neighbor, you're not giving away you know, your kid's deepest, darkest with family members, same thing. They may not be for you. You may have to say, I'm, we're not going to be able to come to Easter because last time, you know, this, uh, this boundary was broken. Um, You know, you're not going to have all teachers who understand. You're not going to have all, you know, friends, parents who give your kid grace or give you grace. And that's really going to stink. You know, I guess, I am, we are outside of the church now. That's not, you know, that's not our, 
everyday, all day life. Um, but we're still people of faith. So it's also praying for somebody to just be a good, kind example, you know, for my kids and really care about them and be genuine. Um, I didn't actually think that's how I was going to answer that, but I, but I do think that that's probably what's in my heart. I'm constantly thinking, you know, please, God, let this kid's mom just get it, please. You know, um, the neighbor asked my kid to come over and weed the garden. Please let them be the kind of person that just is kind and encouraging and understanding and not prying. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question, but I, I just think there's a lot of balance there in picking and choosing what is going to work. I also think that as our kids get older, they might go out in public and really show out and they may have to deal with the consequences of losing friends, um, having, you know, a friend's parents say, my kid can't be with your kid. Um, that really, really, really hurts. And those are going to be the times to say to your kid, I'm feeling really sad about what just happened there. Um, I'm guessing you're feeling sad. Um, if your kids are anything like mine, they're probably going to say back, I don't even care. And you'll say, oh yeah, I know. I always put a wall up about stuff like that too, but inside it really hurts my heart when people say that. It sounds like they didn't understand what was going on. I hope next time, you know, I can help you make a better choice so that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, it's just kind of an ongoing balance, I guess. Yeah, I love that kind of getting clear with yourself and practicing that of anticipating conversations and yeah, practicing your lines because that sometimes makes all the difference when you have your go-to statement that you can whip up with somebody. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Kristen, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your wisdom that you have lived and that you're willing to share and walk people through. Um, if y'all, I'm sure that you all know about the berries and their ministry, honestly, adoption, go check them out. They have a ton of resources, a ton of classes and support groups and all the things that you could possibly need. And they're just amazing, amazing people. So I'm very grateful, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm so glad that you joined us today. If this episode blessed you at all, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with others? This, as you know, will help other mamas find us and in turn will bless them. Hey, thanks so much for trusting us with your time today.